All right, everybody, welcome to a very special episode of Sky High Sports and Entertainment. I have with me here Jim Fall, the director of the iconic Lizzie McGuire movie as it celebrates its 20th anniversary, something that means a lot to so many people. And thank you, Jim, for directing that movie, doing such a good job and uh, being here today as well. Well, thank you, Skylar, for asking me. I'm always thrilled to talk about this movie. Loved making it. So awesome. Well, we can't wait to hear all about it. So my first question for you is, how did you end up being attached to and getting to direct the Lizzie McGuire movie? Yes. Well, um, I've been asked this question and it's funny. It, it was it was an odd situation at Disney, I think, at the time. You know, the show, the TV show had been going for about three years at that point. And the movie division was making the movie, which is kind of separate from the television division that was making the show. So from what I understand, because, you know, I was one of, I'm sure, a handful or more of directors who met on the project. But I think the movie division wanted um, somebody outside the box, outside of the television show. And um, uh, Doug, my two, the two executives, Karen Glass and Doug Short, uh, had seen my first feature film, Trick, that was a gay romantic comedy that went to Sundance. And they loved it. And they said I was the most enthusiastic. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I basically just met on the job, like I'm sure other directors did, and they hired me. Wow, that's that's amazing. And that's so cool. And obviously, uh, it was a big series. So I'm, I'm guessing you watched it and were uh, quite aware. So I was wondering what were some of the, you know, specific episodes or elements of the show um, that you tried to bring to the movie? And how were you able to do that? All right. Well, you're you're I'm going to have to flip that because, no, I was not aware of the TV show. I had never watched it. Even when I met on the movie, I scrambled and watched a few episodes. Wow. Um, yeah. So so I was really coming in objectively, which I think was good, actually, yeah. for me and for what the movie division wanted. Um, you know, of course, there were things already baked into the script that came with you know, the, a lot of the cast came along. There were just things that I was relying on the writers to incorporate what needed to be there. And of course I did, I when I got the job, I did my homework and watched as many as I could. But at the same time, I almost didn't want to be too influenced by the TV show because it had a different tone. I wanted, of course I wanted to preserve the tone, but I also wanted it to be a movie. I wanted it to feel like a movie. I wanted it to stand on its own legs, even if you hadn't seen the series. So um, it was a weird mix of doing just enough homework to understand what I was doing, but also not too much to be too mired in, I don't know, what might box me in, you know? That's amazing. And that makes uh, a lot of sense. I knew that you had to have some familiarity, but the fact that you came in so fresh at the start and then sort of did uh, your homework and were just really passionate about it is is pretty amazing. And I think that really affected the movie in the sense that it felt more cinematic than the show. It did have a different feel. And I noticed that, you know, as I'm older, as I know film more now, a few lines in the beginning of, you know, Gordo saying that, you know, he's her best guy friend and all that. So even if you hadn't watched the series finale, you're up to speed pretty quick on uh, what was going on. But weren't there, I mean, from what I understand, there were actually still a few more episodes that came on the Disney Channel after the movie came out that they had already filmed. So 
that didn't track with the movie necessarily. Yeah. So it was it was an interesting time. I, I'm not exactly sure what that was about. And of course, the actress who played Miranda had already stepped away from the series. Yes. And so many so many people ask me whatever happened to Miranda. Well, she was never she wasn't even involved and wasn't written into the script because she had already exited the TV show. You know. Yeah. So, no, I did. I did a lot of research. Uh, before this interview to be prepared. So yes, Lelaine, uh, who played Miranda, was pursuing her music career. And so right. she did not want to uh, agree at the time. And yes, chronologically, the last episode was when they graduated high school and they had 10 more episodes of them in junior high after and thought, hey, it's such a popular show. We might as well right. release it. But your movie is the chronological series finale of the very iconic series. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think at the time, of course, everyone was hoping there'd be another movie. Yes. But I think it was written, you know, you always, you never know if your movies, a movie's going to be successful. So I'm sure the writers were aware of that, thinking, well, let's wrap this up in a way that at least feels like an ending in case there's never a chance to make another movie. And sadly, there wasn't. So. Yeah, yeah. And especially, I mean, do you... I might as well ask then, like, obviously there was the reboot news. Do you, do you have any thoughts? Did you ever think about that or doing a movie or did you hear much about that and what that would have been? You know, I, I really didn't hear any more inside news than anybody else did. You know, I, they, I wasn't part of the television show, so they weren't at that point, you know, including me in any of that process. You know, I think deep down, I was hoping the show would go for a variety of mm. reasons. I would love to have eventually been involved in directing an episode or two that would have just been a fun return for me personally but um yeah it was sad because it was almost like the second time it didn't happen you know when the when my when when the lizzie mcguire movie came out they, they'd announced a sequel in the trades and but then negotiations fell apart with hillary and it, it didn't work out and then you know cut to whatever 15 years later and it kind of the same thing happened. They got further that I guess they shot an episode or two. And then there was some issue with the tone of it that, you know, unfortunately screeched everything to a halt. It's so odd that they got that far only to, mm -hmm. I don't, it's just weird. I don't know how that happened, but, and I, I'm sorry, I don't have any inside information on that. No, I just wanted to hear your perspective and that's great. And I, I totally agree with you. I mean, I've read as, as much as I could about it and the fact that, it was funny watching yesterday and then thinking about in the reboot that, you know, she's 30 and she, um, I think, had a fiance who ended up leaving her. She gets fired from her job. She ends up back home with her parents and Matt to sort of restart the series. And that's just funny in life, right? You think about her ending the series in, in Rome and the ups and downs of, of Lizzie and everything. And uh, it would have been really fun to see her pick up the pieces in that perspective. I know. I would have been fascinated to see how they would have dealt with the movie. I mean, she was for a moment a pop star in Rome. I know. Which which changes everything. So yeah. how how would they have dealt with that in the series? Would they have just ignored it? I can't imagine they would have ignored it. Oh yeah. I, I always would love to have seen Paolo come back into her life somehow and have got, got his comeuppance and been, I don't know, maybe not a villain this time, maybe have been, you know, you know, more grounded and more, more of a person. Wow. It would have been an interesting, interesting thing. That's, that's, that would have been my hope for a sequel of the movie. Anyway, I wanted to, I was loosely discussing a sequel to the movie, which I think would have been fun, but not anything, you know, 
Yeah. Real. And was that, I mean, I guess since it's not, was that your potential plan for it to have Paolo come back into the picture or first day with Gordo or it didn't, or what would happen or it didn't get that far? Well, we're talking in my head. We're not talking anything to do with Disney or any of the of creators or anything. Yeah. But in my head, the most interesting thing would have been, you know, do, do, do Gordo and Lizzie end up together? In my heart of hearts, I think probably not ultimately. I think they would have been stayed really close friends. You know, I don't know. Is there a rom-com where, where Hillary or Lizzie and Paolo meet again under completely different circumstances and fall in love for real because he's become a real person and not this horrible pop star? But who knows? Maybe that's crazy. I don't know. Lots of different theories for sure. That would be a very interesting see. And and Gordo was in the series and it sounds the reboot and it sounds as though he was not uh, her fiance. So I think yeah, on something that maybe, maybe it was maybe it could have been Paulo and then she ended up with Gordo. <laughs> well, we'll never well we'll never know. But I think there's also a lot of fan demand that it could happen again one day under different circumstances. True, true. I think the Hillary. I think Hillary has been hinting again at some positive. There have been, I don't know, I haven't been keeping too much track on it, but supposedly she said something positive about the the, the, the reboot again. So I don't yes. know. I don't... Yeah. And then Lizzie McGuire also appeared in How I Met Your Father, which, you know, so right. it's questionable whether or not that's like canon now, um, but obviously it's not totally, but subtle hints there. So we'll right. see what happens. But speaking of Hillary, I really wanted to ask you, you know, what was it like directing and working with Hillary Duff, especially, you know, with her being such a global megastar at the time as well? Well, you know, she she was and she wasn't. I mean, the show was very popular, but her music career hadn't really started yet. Her first album, I think, was just a Christmas album and that did well. So I don't think she had become a global star like when we were shooting in Rome. Not that many people recognized her or there was like she hadn't. I think the movie plus her music career that happened right after the movie came out the next years, I think is when she really exploded. She was, we got her, like we made the movie right at that moment before. So, um, so there was no, you know, drama. If anything, it was wonderful because I was handed a group of actors who knew their parts, who were professionals and we weren't creating characters from scratch. You know, it was, it was, uh, um, it was it, in some ways that made it, you know, easier in a way for me to kind of step in. And, and then there were like there were new things, Miss Ungermeyer, you know, Alex Borstein and yeah. fun, fun additions, which we were blessed to have uh, in the movie. Um, so, yeah, no, it was very easy working with with Hillary in particular. Yeah, that's awesome. And then how about anything else you remember from the other Actors specifically, a few of them posted yesterday, like um, Haley, who played uh, Joe McGuire and and Clayton Snyder, who played Ethan and Craft. And then, you know, Gordo was kind of my personal favorite as Adam Lambert. <laughs> yeah, Clayton, Clayton and I have run into each other a bunch of times. I went to see him in a play a few years back. He's really he's really he's uh, he's a good actor. I think he's also got his real estate yes. uh, job job now, too. So I think he's kind of doing both. Uh, so good for him. He's a he's a good guy. Um yeah, I'm sorry. The question again was <laughs> just any anything kind of stories you remember of of working with the other cast members. I guess uh, Adam Lambert, I'm particularly interested in, but anything at all. Adam was really very cool and very laid back. And it was, if I remember correctly, he was also 
18 or 17 at the time. He was a year or two or three older than the rest of them. Wow. So I think, I don't think he even had his parents there. Like, that's the thing, you know, they were all underage. So the parents came along <laughs> with the shoot, which was, you know, for the most part, really great. They were all wonderful people. Um, Ethan's parents were wonderful and every, all of them were. I'm not, I'm not sure I got really close with Hillary's parents. They were very protective and her mother was there most of the time. And, uh, you know, it can be a little challenging when you have a stage mom who cares about her, you know, her daughter and wants her to, you know, to, you know. So uh, it was my first time working with kids. And that was one of the challenging things is when you're working with underage kids, you only have a few hours a day where you can have them in front of the camera. And, you know, people... Uh, have made a little bit of fun of the fact that we have stand-ins and dance doubles and things in the movie. But to be honest, there is no way we could have gotten the movie shot just because on a time constraint, if we were going to, you know, shoot Hillary's the back of her head or her backside, anytime you don't see Hillary's face, it's mostly not Hillary because we couldn't afford to use her that way that, you know, we only could, every day was basically rushing to get her close-ups and then um, using the uh, the body doubles and stand-ins for uh, for the other shots. Very interesting. <laughs> yeah. And speaking of, you know, shooting Hillary, one thing as I uh, rewatched the movie for the 20th anniversary and in preparation for this, how did you film the scenes with Hillary Duff as Lizzie McGuire and Hillary Duff playing her double, Isabella, in the same frame? Well, I mean, if you look closely, I, I mapped it out very specifically. Now we're talking, this is 20 years ago. We had digital effects and we had a wonderful uh, okay. vis visual effects company. But if you look at how it's shot, it's rare that they're in the same shot. Like the camera very whips. Very rare, but just when they were, it was so, I was, it was very impressive, especially considering it was 20 years ago. Yeah, I, ha I had to be very... Um, judicious and what shots I wanted them both in. You know, even when they come out on stage and take their bow, it's a wide shot. So it's really the stand-ins. You don't see their faces. It cuts to their close-up. That's a digital thing. Their hands are two hands. It's a different shot. Every time Hillary turns around and Isabella's walking off, it's the you see the backside. You don't see her face. So it's yeah. a stand-in. So if you watch it, it's just cleverly cut for the most part. Uh, to not, but the other, the other, the few shots where they're in together were, were just, you know, early CGI. <laughs> yeah. 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 I thought exactly. I thought it would look uh, really, really good for the times. So yeah. That, I'm pretty that, proud of it. Definitely. No, it, it was great. Um, something else I wanted to ask, obviously this film, you know, there were lots of articles retrospective and over the years, it's just gained so much life so many times and so many different ways and, you know, sing to me, Paulo and all that stuff. <laughs> Um, why do you think this movie has such a following and resonates just so deeply with people and millennials in particular? I think that's an interesting question. I'm not sure I have all the answers to it, but I can tell you my impression. You know, I, I think <clears throat> the TV series had already, you know, been so popular with with kids, with young kids. They were already primed to love this character of Lizzie McGuire, who's this girl who's a little bit of an outsider, a little bit of a goofball. And I think kids, you know, across the spectrum can relate to that. And then the movie comes along and where the, the show was based a little more in reality, the movie kind of has a fantasy element to it mm. and a wish fulfillment. And it, it ups everything to this sort of magical place where it's even more 
spectacular what Hillary goes through. You know, I'd also like to think that the movie, it, the movie has this amazing musical soul to it. I'm proud of so much of the music in it because I had a wonderful music supervisor named Elliot Lurie, who of course helped, but a lot of the s- songs were stuff that I handpicked. Some, of course, were brought by Elliot, and some were things I picked, like <clears throat> um, like Volare, that that song. I was trying to find an Italian song. How many Italian songs? And Volare has been recorded a million times. It's a, it's a standard. And, you know, to Elliot's credit, he took it to his music producers, and they came up with that really fun version. The Dean Martin song, was uh, I just I think I asked Elliot send me every song that references Rome and then it's like that wonderful Dean Martin song so I, I stuck that in for the adults and for me <laughs> um, and then you know what dreams are made of it, it, my my friend Dean Pitchford uh, wrote the lyrics to that and he wrote F- Footloose and and uh, uh, tons of uh, Academy Award winning songs co-wrote uh, songs on Fame and um, he um, oh I'm always forgetting the 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 other man who wrote the music gosh darn it um he wrote the song uh, ain't nothing gonna break on my stride da, 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 da. i'm forgetting his name sorry anyway they wrote what dreams are made of and it i loved it from the get-go disney and i don't think hillary's music people loved it so it was a bit of a fight to get it in the movie and it was crazy to me because the song is so great and <clears throat> i know and in retrospect a classic but at the time you know i think they were very concerned or just sensitive to hillary's music what, what was her music going to be her music career hadn't quite started yet was this song right for hillary but it wasn't a hillary song it was a lizzie song and it was right for lizzie and it was right for the you know it has a little bit of a euro pop feel to it it's like it's what mm. it it's what it should have been and I'm proud of it. I kind of wish Disney had <clears throat> embraced it more over the years. Like, it's one of those songs that, like, why isn't it playing at Disney World? Like, why isn't it part of the parade? Like, it's such an iconic title that you'd think it would have um, been, it was kind of tailor-made to be <clears throat> used, but it, it didn't. It wasn't. I don't know. I don't know. I think it really, that, that's a great answer, by the way. And and the music was a really big part of it. That was a lot of in the articles I read, you know, I think every single one referenced that um, this is what dreams are made of has been stuck in our head for 20 years. And like, yeah. it's, it's true. It's unbelievably, ca- I, I definitely had some moments in life where I'm like, what is that song? And why is it like, it just comes in because it was, I don't know, the fact that it was the, the, it almost represents the ending of that, that Disney Channel series and that era of that uh, nostalgic life lessons, you know, not such an overflow of content that we have now leading the the writer strike, even, you know, at that time, it was all very, th- very thoughtful content and lots of life lessons. And I think that, you know, just it being 2003, the literal end of the early 2000s, um, I think that it was really iconic. And yes, it is a double platinum soundtrack, actually. And uh, the music was a gigantic part. And I think whether that would be a good idea, honestly, to play it in Disney World. Maybe it's a live action factor. Maybe they like using the the animated stuff more. But yeah. uh, regardless, it's definitely known amongst people my age and, and even parents who took their kids as a large well, part of the Disney canon. And that makes me really happy because that's that's the thing, you know, it's interesting. I, I think I'd said this before, but, um, you know, the movie wasn't 
well received by critics. It's not a critics movie, you know. No. It's a kids. It's a kids movie. But you know, as a director, it's a little disheartening to to read, you know, sort of snarky reviews about it. Yeah. But then you know, it shot to the top of the. You know, it was number two that weekend. It made all its money back. Yeah. But it's been this very wonderful delayed um, gratification, if that's a word, um, to know all of you 20 and now 30 somethings. It's almost the movie is more popular now than it ever yeah. has been. Yeah. And that's that's like such a gift to think 20 years later, something, a movie you directed is more popular. That's that's kind of great. That's kind of great. Absolutely. No, I think it's really uh, gained a life. And even with, you know, yeah, because people who are in, in those positions and, you know, one day I'll show it to, uh, we'll all be showing it to our, our kids. And uh, it's definitely a real classic for sure. And it is, it just means so much to a generation and even the parents. And I think, right, you look at every great comedy movie ever made, it didn't do well on on Rotten Tomatoes, you know? And so I think that that for like, even the Super Mario movie, it was a great movie. It did horribly with critics. It just crossed a billion at the box office. So I think that sometimes, A, you just can't listen. B, I got my master's in journalism from USC. And some people get it. And some people really want to train you to be negative. And if you you know, stay true to yourself. That's just not the way I can be. And, but uh, there's definitely that bias there. And it was overall though, it made the impact with the people it was supposed to. And I think it really is more fun to watch as an adult, even than when I was a kid, actually. Well, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Cause I, I directed it as an adult for me. I wasn't directing it down to kids. You know what I mean? I wasn't trying yeah, it didn't to make come it off like too much of a kid's movie at all, in my opinion. No, I mean, there's some, there's some all sort ages. of funny humor alex borstein in, in in particular is is hilariously you know again sort of snarky in the movie and there's That's some things great. some ad-lib lines in there i can't believe we even were allowed to keep in and and you know it's i think it I think adults would enjoy it also along with the kids. So I think that's why one of the reasons it's endured also is not, you can still watch it as an adult and enjoy it. Absolutely. You know? Pick up new things, things that didn't make as much sense, different perspective. My family enjoyed it. I know many others that did of all ages. Uh, my grandma too, who was, you know, in her late sixties at the time, uh, loved it. And so it really resonated with uh, all ages. So a couple more questions here, but I know sure. that, We've got into this a tiny bit, but yeah, just if you can even begin to describe or any other thoughts on just being in Rome with a bunch of teenagers who are part of this popular TV series and filming a movie and, and how you even begin to describe that or what goes through your head when you think back to that. When I think back on it, you know, the the, the cast was the easiest part because again like i said they all kind of knew their stuff so there wasn't a lot of you know hand wringing on my part like how am i going to get them up to speed they were already up to speed the hard part was shooting in rome rome is yeah. and shooting even though the budget for the movie was around 17 million that seems like a lot but when you have a schedule and you, you know half the time we didn't finish some of the shots like uh i can point out things that were in the middle of exterior, every exterior shot is Rome, almost. Every interior is definitely Vancouver. We built sets in Vancouver. But there are moments where um, I had to keep a running tab of what we close-ups we didn't get in Rome so we could fake them in Vancouver. So so the, the challenge was really just trying to make this 
somewhat epic movie in yeah on a on a lower budget and um you know i have to hand it to my my cinematographer yersi he he was just wonderful and the crew was wonderful and and it was all and my set designer was amazing i mean that 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 hotel he designed was all <laughs> was almost too pretty it was almost like how is this class affording this seven star hotel right <laughs> but but when i saw the designs i'm like you know what this is an aspirational movie i want this movie to be beautiful so the sets are beautiful you know i i hired Cl cliff eidelman who did the actual score the music the score did this beautiful orchestral score that if you just listen to that it, it sounds like it's from you know a different movie not a kid's movie it sounds like it's from a real I don't know, trip to Rome movie. Um, 100%. So I tried to class the movie up. But to answer your question, the cast was easy and great. The the um, the accents were a challenge, as you probably can see. Yeah. There's a lot of accents flying around in there that are a little suspect. But again, that's part of the silliness of the Nothing whole thing. Great. You know? Exactly, yeah. It, works, yeah. it works with the tone perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's awesome though. No, and it, it truly did succeed as, I mean, really, I've seen some comments like an, an epic cinematic movie that really influenced a lot of people and was sort of a, an introduction to a movie in Europe. You know, I know for myself personally, I did an exchange in uh, Bordeaux, France when I was 21 and I did go to Rome with some friends and I watched the movie before for the first time in years yeah. when I went to the Trevi Fountain. That was all I could think about. And I might, I wouldn't have even known really other than doing it wouldn't have had the same meaning without the movie it would have just been another landmark um that i researched before going so it, well that makes me happy I, I i watch a lot of the you know when i'm just flipping through instagram or whatever so many people go to rome and do their lizzie mcguire moments in front of the yeah. trevi and the coliseum and it's and it just it kind of warms my heart because that's um that's just really sweet. I'm glad that our movie, you know, inspired people to travel because Rome is a beautiful city. Yes, you know, it's incredible, and it did do that. Um, before we sort of start to wrap things up, are there any other uh, moments or or any stories in particular that you remember from filming the movie or on set or with Hillary or specific cast members? Um, let's see. There are so many stories. They you know interesting stories let's see <laughs> yeah if um, any come to mind i'm sure there's a lot though well maybe i'm repeating myself on the the stuff about what's in rome and what's in vancouver but it'd be easier if we were actually watching the movie i could point out you know like when they're running in the uh, along that fountain right that's uh, obviously in 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 rome in italy but when paolo goes look and he points we faked that in a studio in Vancouver because we I, we didn't have time to get the close up. When when um, uh, when they're standing at when 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 they're standing at that uh, at the forum and that that whole array of little statues are there, right? The close ups of the statues that they hold. We had to we had to buy that whole table, ship it to Vancouver to get the close-ups because we didn't get them. So it's like, there was like a ton of hilariously frustrating, <laughs> frustrating things. Um, oh man, what else? There was a lot of nutty behind the scenes stuff that maybe I shouldn't bring up. There was, <laughs> there was 
Um, there was a little drama. I'm not sure, you know, uh, some of the older actors in the series were a little frustrated with the speed at which this movie was being shot. I think they were used to a television schedule where you get, you know, 10 pages done in a day where a movie schedule, you're lucky if you get two or three, right? So there was a little bit of a, you know, I don't know, drama behind the scenes yeah. about how slow the movie was going. Yeah. But uh, believe me, it was going at a breakneck speed as far as I was concerned. Uh, working in kids with teenagers uh, in Rome, especially, I think that's really impressive. You were able to uh, get it done at all. And you know what? It wouldn't be in the spirit of Lizzie McGuire if there weren't challenges along the way. No, no. Figure it, figuring it out on the way as the theme song. Says. <laughs> right. But, there uh, is a mis there is a mystery though. Like I, I was told that Isabella's voice was Haley Duff singing, but I was not privy to when those vocals were recorded because the music producers went off, recorded the vocals. So there is a little mystery as to who is actually Isabella's singing voice. And I and I haven't come to the bottom of that. So there's uh yeah, if anybody knows out there. Haley, you know, if Haley knows. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was I was reading today and it did say Haley. And then it said the singer of the theme song did the last few words or something. I don't know if that was in post, but. The th singer of what? Of the Lizzie McGuire theme song, Jane, somebody I wish I could remember, but I don't know if that was in post. But anyways, that was one of the 13 behind the scenes stories on uh, Shonda Land that they wrote out. That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I never met the two singers who sang the ballad version either because that yeah. was recorded and then presented to me and it sounded fine. So we used it. But I never met who that person was. Um, so much was going on, you know, behind yeah, the scenes. Definitely. Um, and then with but that was Hillary singing Lizzie's part, right? No. Well, no. In the rehearsal scene they're singing along to Paolo and Isabella. So the vocal is not, it's well, Hillary is singing along. So yes, that's Hillary singing. Like, yeah, like in the end, I mean, when it's just her on stage. Oh yeah, yeah, that's Hillary okay. singing. Awesome. I, I'm, but I think there's some sweetening going on in there, obviously too, that 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 happened in the studio that may, it's, there's one note that pokes out that's like, ooh, that wasn't mixed in very well. Okay. But uh, what are you gonna do? It sounds like it was Angie, Angie Jari. By the way, it was a singer of the Lizzie McGuire mm. theme song. But, anyways, that's uh, don't know who that lots is. Of, lots going on for sure. With with that being said, with the movie having such an impact on people, and like I said, a big part of that era in Disney was life lessons. So, what would you say um, is the what would you say is the most important life lesson that fans should take away <laughs> from the movie? Don't jump on the back of a Vespa. <laughs> When you're 15, yeah. after you've met somebody for two minutes, don't do it. I mean, the the movie is kind of, when you watch it now, like that part of it's maybe not aged so well. It's like, okay, so this movie is about this girl jumping on a Vespa and disappearing with a strange guy. It's like, I don't know how that would go over today. But, you know, the, the lesson really is, you know, you got to go for it. You got to believe in yourself. You got to be willing to, you know, don't be gullible, believe in yourself. And that's why at the very end, you know, I actually fought for Hillary's character to sing alone on stage 
Um, originally, I think the writers wanted Isabella and Hillary to sing the entire song together. And not only would that have been hard um, for visual effects, it just would have, and it would have limited how I could shoot it because, you know, the effects were not easy to do. I, I a, wanted Isabella to leave the stage and let Hillary, let Lizzie have her moment to shine. You know, that's, that's like what the whole movie's about. That's the, that's the thing. And so I'm proud of that that shift in the finale because I think that made it that made it work you know um so yeah believe in yourself and sing your song that's what that's what it's about oh man I love it that's that's great you couldn't have uh said it better and I I love the last scene with Gordo as well where he was kind of saying you know hey you could have done something like this whether you were in Rome or not and I think that's what right like in filmmaking sometimes they say show don't tell and I think that that's what her on stage being able to do that was is that it didn't matter sort of where she was or what she was doing but that she was able yeah. to create that magic yeah. that there yeah and yeah and i think their kiss at the end is really sweet some people thought it should have been longer but no i think it's literally, literally <laughs> i know they're in junior high first yeah. of all and lizzie's character is just realizing maybe there's more to gordo that's not supposed to be a big sloppy kiss it's supposed to be a sweet revelation kiss that you know yeah so definitely yeah you should type check out after she did an interview with uh with bustle recently again came across in my my research for this and she talks about showing the movie to her seven-year-old son and him commenting <laughs> on it so it's pretty funny but uh no thank you so much that's wonderful and before we we get out of here and thank you so much we've talked so much about the movie um i was curious what we, you would say the most important lesson that you have learned in your life and career would be you know what? It's kind of the same. It's, you know, I think the reason uh, any of my movies, especially my first one and Lizzie, uh, were successful creatively and I guess financially also is, you know, my first movie taught me to believe in myself and to believe in my take and my style and my taste. And, and that's what made my first movie popular. So luckily... I was allowed by Disney to infuse, you know, a script that already existed, that already had a lot of built-in elements, but I, I infused it with a lot of my taste in music and style and um, my sense of humor. And I think all of that is in the Lizzie McGuire movie too. So the lesson is, even though it can be hard, especially when everyone's staring at you on a set and you don't really have the answer, but you know in your gut, that you have to listen to your gut because if you're going to make a mistake, make your own mistake. Don't make someone else's mistake. You know, I listened to my gut and Disney allowed me to do that too. That was part of the joy of making that movie is it wasn't, I wasn't micromanaged. So um, yeah, listen to your gut and set yourself in a situation where you can, where you're allowed to, to shine and do your best. That's amazing. And all of those are uh, pieces of advice we can live by. I want to thank you so, so much for doing this. You know, it's funny. I talk, so I talk about sports and entertainment, but usually it's, you know, succession, yellow jackets, Ted Lasso, basketball playoffs that are all on uh, right now, but I'm, I'm a huge, you know, fan of nostalgia and connecting with those things that, that make you who you are. And so when Disney plus actually came to Canada, I am Canadian in Canada four years ago, I started a very slow multi-year rewatch of all the live action shows I grew up uh -huh. with. 
even Steven, smart guy, that's so Raven, boy meets world. And Lizzie McGuire was uh, the one I saved for last. So I, I just finished that kind of small multi-year project. And uh, and it was really amazing revisiting those life lessons, applying them now. And I couldn't have thought of a more uh, full circle moment for myself than to be able to do this. So that was a huge gift for me uh, and for anyone listening that you came on as well. So I really, really appreciate it. Well, that's good to hear. Thank you, Skylar. I'm, I, was, I was pleased you asked me to, to be interviewed. I loved it. Definitely. Thank you. And before we get out of here, where can uh, people find you today and what are you up to nowadays? I'm old school. I'm on Facebook. <laughs> you can find me on Facebook. Just Jim Fall. Look me up. You'll see me there. I am on Instagram, Jim Fall Films. Um, you know, I, it's this writer strike just happened, you know, so that's happening right now. So things are going to be a little slow, but I have been writing, although I'm not in the writer's union, but I am in the director's union, but you know, we stand by our writers. So I hope they, uh, they deserve what they, what they, they're asking for. So I hope they get it. Um, but I have been just writing stuff of, on my own. I have a couple indie film projects in the works, you know, the pandemic slowed so many things down and ruined a couple of projects of mine. So we're, I'm still recovering from some of that, trying to get some things back online. But uh, yeah, it's been a productive few years and hopefully in the next year, I'll have uh, another indie film made because that's where my heart really lies. So that's amazing. Well, we'll definitely uh, be watching and anything else you'd like to add before we get out of here. No, just thank you for uh, thank you for having me on. And, and uh, thanks to all the fans who love the movie. Thank you very much as well, Jim. This was uh, really special for me and everyone listening. So yeah, remember to check out the podcast and subscribe and download this episode. And uh, it's definitely one that will be really special in the canon of episodes and one that I'll remember forever. So thank you, Jim. Cool. Thanks, Kyler. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.